Dang dang dang. Hello and welcome to Hearty Dose Friends. We are recording. We are recording from a villa in Portugal. We are all on holiday, which explains the terrible audio quality. We're recording through our tablet microphones, which is the best one we could, well, the best microphones we had. It's all we could muster. Mm. And we are in the least echoey room of the house, which is not really a lot. If you hear anything, that's because we couldn't get the microphones to work properly. It was a, it was a trial. Yeah, if you hear anything which isn't our, our, our sonorous tones. So hello everyone. You might have missed us. We have been ill and mad, mm-hmm. but mainly ill. Uh, given the fact that we just launched a Kickstarter, and that is always terrifying. It always is. So we fled the country. Yeah, we've got you know we've got the the biggest Kickstarter we've ever done, and we decided the best thing to do was wait until the end of week two and then just fuck off. Yeah, for a bit and not not answer any questions like business adults. <laughs> We are, for some reason, we've chosen to stare directly into each other's eyes. It's terribly loving. It's really weird. I don't think I like it. Mm. Um, but we're here. We decided we had to give you something. So we're going to give you an episode. Uh, it's going to be uh, as as recorded. Yes, a hot steaming live HDF nugget. Yeah, so please enjoy it. Also, a special guest, Mary Hamilton, there, was giving us the, was, was performing the intro. I'll also be performing the, uh, the jingle in the middle of the show when we shifted games design. And crafting an entirely new outro, we're told. Mm. Mm. Which will be permanent. It's just sung every time live. Throwing around the words extravaganza and revolutionary. Game changer, I think, mm. popped in as well, but we shall see. Um, Apparently Elton John ain't got shit on me. Sorry, I'm still sick, hence why you may hear the occasional cough. Mm. Chris? Grant. It's time. It is I've just you un- to drop some shit. I've just unplugged the mic. Just unplugged the microphone. Hang on. That's not the microphone. I've unplugged the thing. Good Christ. <laughs> this is booby trap. Ask me a question, Chris. I'd love to ask you a question. Now, we're working mainly off of the Discord today because that's easy and access is not great at the moment. So Will asks, what's the best non-dice mechanic for resolution? I wish it was cards. Mm, So close to being cards, isn't it? There's something about cards which just feels too gamey. So the good thing about cards is that there is a mess ton of data on there, right? I'd say there's too much data. There's a whole load of things you can do with it. You've got two sides to cards, you've got numbers, you've got colours, you've got suits, you've you, got pictures. You can have a hand. You have a hand, you can not have a hand. You can tear cards in half. You shouldn't. You should. We, we tried that. Yeah, it makes people feel icky. Mm. Um, but cards are so... As you say, gamey. They feel gamey. I think the, the issue with cards... So dice 
are the are these fetishistic objects you have, which give you a, an interaction with the mystical world of game. Mm -hmm. And so you, you've got your character, and then when you want to when you want to effectively see if your character can do the thing in the world, you roll the dice at the clacky clacky noise, and then that is an instant. That's, yes, that's that that's that that transfers. That's not always true of every game, like Dogs in the Vineyard. Excuse me, uh, Dogs in the Vineyard. Yep. Sorry, that uh, uh, beef to brew con cogumelo. She's really uh, you're editing this one, huh? <clears throat> oh, it's all going in. It's great. So, dogs in the vineyard will have like you roll the dice and you have them, you pick them out, and that's fine. But generally, it's a it's a one and done thing. Yeah, and which is why re rolls don't feel very good. Yeah, I think the main the main issue with rerolls is that it's like rewinding time. Mm. Like it's a mm, didn't like that. I'm gonna go again. And it's it's also you do the thing, and then if you've got a system with lots of rerolls, it's not aha. This happens. It's aha. Do you want to reroll those dice? Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of sticky, stoppy stuff. Well, that's why like fourth edition's mechanics of on a miss do half damage mm. was just so delicious. Or um, fifth ed's mechanic of you know, they put the reroll up front with advantage yeah. and disadvantage, which is very clever. So, uh, or or my own mechanic in paranoia. Where uh, if, if if I don't if I say so myself, where when you spend mojo to re-roll, uh, it's you going fuck 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 and trying to solve things. Mm -hmm. So that's funny, you know. That's yeah. okay, but generally it doesn't work. Problem with cards is you've got those cards in your hand and you can see what's happening. Yeah, you. I mean, it's it's useful in that sense because you get a level of prediction, mm -hmm. right? Like it works very well for tactical stuff because you can go, I have a five and a seven. So if I do this, then I win. That's very cool. But it does. But it's quite gamey. Yes. Rather than I'm going to do this and the and like whatever the odds are. Yeah. And I think you could do something interesting with say like I'm going to build like I'm going to use cards to build my hand and build our action and then it fires off against the GM. So we know roughly how good those cards are, but we can't be sure. Yeah, and I think another thing in the in the favor of dice is there's a beautiful little liminal moment with dice. Between when they leave your hand and when they stop rolling, mm -hmm. where it's kind of everything's up in the air, it's like oh, like uh, like like the last minute of a horse race, you know, mm -hmm. like oh, is it going to be good? Oh, mm -hmm. it's bad. And you can hope for things, whereas you don't get that sense of hope with cards because you know whether or not you're going to pass or fail. So it's not cards. Is it those spinny things you stick in the back of conflict packets? <laughs> well, like a wheel of fortune. You put a toothpick in and you you spin it around on the table. I mean, that's that's a dice by another name, right? Yes. Okay. Is it? Is it drawing runes? I quite like drawing runes. You've been getting into your fate of the norns. Fate of the norns with its with its draw mechanics. It's weird. <laughs> you must weird your runes. Oh right, yeah, that's the that's the that's the word for it. Um, and that's kind of cool because you. It's like picking the results on a limited number of results on a dice. Mm. And then having interesting things key off of those, and then the more and when you pull those out, the odds of what's left in the bag changes. That's kind of a fun game. Yeah, and like it, so much is tied to it, it because it like each rune is also your hit points, and also the cooldown on your powers, mm. and everything is tied to these to these runes. So yeah, so there's an interesting thing of oh, I've been damaged, and I can move. I get to choose which which of these runes I move into the damage track. Mm. Which one do I not? Which one can I sacrifice and maybe get back next turn or do something clever with? And I like that as a sort of halfway house between dice and cards because mm. there's there's a selection and the limited number of results that cards give you. 
and the still while still maintaining a level of randomness with runes. I think uh, with um, dice. dice. I think Gloomhaven does quite a fun thing with cards as well. Yeah. In that there's no random chance in the game, but there's a random chance as to what actions I'll be able to make. Yes, and you like you've got you've got your selection of cards and you don't know whether or not you're going to use the top or the bottom mm. of one card or the other. It is functionally a deck building game, isn't it? Kind of. Very slow deck building mm. game. I don't think there's a suitable alternative to dice. You know? I think that each of the other resolution mechanics fulfills a very different purpose. Mm. Cards are tactical. Mm-hmm. They give you more data. They can they can give you more output, and they, they stick around. And they well. stick around, and they have more potential states. Mm. Like if a card is upside down, that could mean a thing. In that, like you know, tarot style cards, right? Yeah, like cards with a picture on it, you could yeah. have upside down. Yeah, um, they have ninety. They have the, the tapped. Mm. You don't have to pay money to Wizard of the Coast for that. No, but it's okay, it's fine. They're 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 not the same. You can have them face down as tokens. Face down as tokens, and so there's more data and more states at play. Mm. But there's something so immediate about dice. Mm -hmm. And it's just, chuck that, what happened? I know! (laughs) You know? Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Like, we we, we wrote Unbound, which is a game that uses cards instead of dice. Mm. And it's fine. It's good. It's good. I like it. But it's, again, that's a tactical game using cards. Mm, mm. Whereas I wouldn't want to try and do. Uh, I wouldn't want to try and run D and D. It's not really a tactical game unless you break out the tactical. Fourth Third, Fourth Third could probably work quite I mean, well. They, they, you can run the entire game with power cards anyway. Mm. So just shuffle them, and then that's what you get per round. Which that might be quite fun. I think there's one of my favourite things in role playing games is when you just get given shit to do. Or like you, or you randomly generate a character, yeah, and you have to sort of make do with that, and it's fun to try and work out where the hell this character came from. <coughs> so I'd like to have that on a round by round basis. <laughs> yeah, like the Dungeon Crawl Classics thing. If what have you got? Well, I'm a, I've rolled my character up, and I'm a noble knight. Amazing. What have you got? No, I've got a dead chicken. <laughs> it's like imagine you've got a Dungeon Crawl, right, and. Uh, you have you have a, you have a, a, a big deck of cards, mm-hmm. and you've got like on 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 on, on most cards it'll be like move or attack, and you've got other ones which are cast spell, and then if you're a wizard, cast this spell, or if you're a cleric, heal someone, and so you've got this big you've got this big deck of cards, and you get five, mm-hmm. and then you have to and like you have to use them somehow, and you can't do anything else aside from the actions you've got there. What am I going to do? Move, 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 or move? Cool, I'm going to run away at that point, you know? And you've yeah. got the option to... And, like, I presume that... I figure you could, like, put down two cards to cheat in some way. Yeah. But uh, on that subject, we've been playing Ocean's Ravens. Oh, it's a delightful little board game. Card yeah. game? It's a card game. It's a, you build a board out of cards. Mm. You uh, you play Hugo de Moonen. Is that the name? Yes. Uh, Odin's Ravens. And they each have a juicy little tidbit... For, for Odin, and they've decided to make it a fun game to see who gets back first. And so you have to race through various Nordic-looking lands yep. as a raven. You race along your track first and then along your enemy's track on the way back. And uh, it's just good. Yeah, like it's, it's uncomplicated. Yeah, it's, it's just, this, here, this is fun. Oh, I did a dick move for you. <laughs> I'm going to say it's about two steps above Uno, but good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very simple, very mm. quick. Because it comes with a nice raven. Two nice ravens. Mm, and Chris, Chris wins a lot. I am undefeated at present. Mm. 
which I'm a bit worried about. That doesn't normally happen with games. No, I mean, what, your normal technique in, in any sort of merchant's war game is to put all your models in one delicious wedge and run them towards anything, just, which just smash them into, into one potential problem and ignore all others. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, please. The 200-word challenge has begun. Create an RPG using 200 words or less. Now, I'm not asking you to do that live on air. Good. What I'm asking you is, will the 200-word RPG challenge ever produce a game that we give a shit about? <laughs> that's difficult. That's difficult. Sorry. Say. You know what? That is, that's, that's a bit rude. What I mean is, will it ever produce a game which is worth playing over a game which is more than 200 words? No. No, I'm not sure it will either. I'm I, not sure it will. I won a couple of years back. Yeah, with Mechanical Oryx. Mechanical Oryx. Yeah, the problem with, for me, with the 200-word RPG and the games themselves is that a lot of them are incredibly experimental. Mm. And experimental is cool, mm -hmm. but not necessarily fun. No. No, I, like, they're interesting to read sometimes, and they are at least short. Yes, you can get through one real quick, snappy-like. And there's some lovely ideas. It's just there's so much missing from each game. Yeah, it's amazing because, like, if you if you look at how many words are in one of your one page RPGs, mm -hmm. it's not a bundle more than two hundred. Uh, I'd say between three and five hundred, if that. But in the three and five hundred, yeah, you mentioned a little bit of world building in, and a little bit of variance in what happens. Draw a bear. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. Because most games in the word RPG are like, roll a d6. If it's a five, you win. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're that level of difficulty. And, it's, and it's, it's more about telling us one specific story. Yeah, which is fine. I like role-playing games that tell one specific story. You don't like 200-word. But 200-word ones are incredibly specific. I would love to see you try and write one. <laughs> I'd love to see you try and dredge some care from Give a Fuck Bay <laughs> and try and turn one out. Just really, like... Just search my gut for something. I think I, 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 I'm not sure whether whether you're mean enough to write a satirical 200 word role playing game. Well, there was there was a bunch of them. I think it was last year, year before, mm -hmm. where people were like uh, 200 word RPG is rigged. We're just going to put in dumb games. They say it was rigged. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, it's, there's always something political going on, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, generally. I worry. I think that it's a really interesting challenge, but I don't think I don't think we're gonna. Um, have any sort of campaigns made around them or any sort of really, honestly, really hugely meaningful experiences fall out of them. Some people have enjoyed Mechanical Oryx yeah. on occasions. Some people run it as a campaign, which they shouldn't. <laughs> Good luck to them. Yeah, it's, there's not a lot there. But I just think you need some more words. But honestly, like that, for me, that's not what that competition's for. Mm -hmm. That competition is for putting your interesting ideas out into the world. Mm. Like... There was a game, I think, it was when you were judging one year, mm -hmm. uh, that was like, somebody's like, somebody's about to fall off a cliff and yeah, you're holding yeah. their hand. Yeah, you, you hold hands and you move your hands down and like every time one of you lies, you move your hand a little bit further. Yeah, and like, I'm never doing that. No. That's not going to happen in my lifetime. You don't want to hold hands with me. No. Yeah. No, it's gross. Mm. You're sticky. I wash them. Sometimes. Okay. Um... But it was an interesting idea. Like it was that's a really specific single part mm. of a game mm. that now has mechanical feedback to it. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, and I, I, I like I like reading it, mm. but I'm never ever going to play it. Mm. And I think that that's what the two hundred word RPG is for. That, that is for, one, for one of a one of a terrible way of putting it. They're art pieces. They're poems. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Poetry is a really good game. Of poems. Yeah. And like 
they are, I think a lot of people would argue this of my one-page RPGs as well, is they're not necessarily intended to be played. Some of Just, them are. You look at them and you go, well, I mean, all of them are. <laughs> you look at them and go, hmm, that's, that's very interesting. Well written, Grant. And then go and play Dungeons & Dragons again. Yeah, well, Last Christmas isn't intended to be played. Last Christmas is a brilliant game. It just doesn't... It just We try to do time travel on a single page. It, yeah, with pictures. Yes. Doesn't well, work. A little pictures. Doesn't work. I think it does. It, it, it's a series... It's, a, it's nine scenes which you can travel back and forth through with ghost powers. Yeah, that's true. <coughs> oh, the sickness it takes me. Question me. I will question the absolute shit out of you, sir. So, I found this a while back on Reddit. And I can't actually credit this because I didn't post it at the time as mm-hmm. to who did it. But games where it's fun to lose as a GM? What? What do you mean? I think that's why I copied it over onto the HDF Discord, honestly. Right. Because I was amazed about the concept of losing as a GM. Mm. How? Like you forget you can just fill a, player, a character's ass with bees? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like... Mm. I think what they were talking about was you, you do all this prep work mm. and then the the players just kill the monsters. That's rubbish. But that's what the players... Yeah, Because okay. you're designing these encounters to kill the players, right? So when they kill the monster, that's you losing. You're supposed to... Oh, it's that's such a weird way of putting it. Like you can't... like le- The player who can lose least is the gym. Yeah. There's, you have infinite manoeuvre. You know? Yes. Unless you're in some sort of weird-ass game which you have to spend points to make up NPCs or some bullshit. They do exist. Yeah, I don't play them. No. But unless you're there, you can't lose. You can just keep filling people's asses with bees. Yes. And so I don't understand how you could lose as a GM. Exactly. And that's that's what I want to look at. Like, the, the concept of the adversarial GM mm. is actually quite ingrained in people. Mm. Um, in that they very much see it as us and them. Mm. And that, it just kind of shocked me. It's had quite a few replies. Not, not not talking about like what we've seen of like, how do you lose? Yeah. But like, well, you just need to learn to prep slightly less <laughs> so there's not as much of your time taken out when they kill them. Mm. Like, what? But they're supposed to die. But that's, a, that's what they're for. Mm. Which, which puts, it into, puts us into a really weird place because like something which I try to do with monsters in games is... They are there to illustrate a faction. They are there to illustrate a wider scenario. They're there to further the aims of an enemy. They have a desire. Yes. Rather than just being something in a room which you can kill. And sometimes in D&D, in role-playing games, it's nice just to have something in a room you can kill. You yeah. know, to show off for a bit. A Wushu, for example. Yeah. Now, Wushu, those characters... Wushu is a high-action role-playing game. Don't know it's very good. It's free. Yeah, I think. Probably. Was. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's worth spending money on. The it's like ten bucks minimum. The in that any adversary who is not named is a number. Yeah. That's it. You don't have anything like like and that and that isn't even that isn't one adversary. That's a whole bunch of them which you can go and duff up. And all they're there to do is to is narratively to allow the players the chance to show their characters through violence. Yes. And I think that's something, I think like within, <coughs> I think within story games, within like, well, sorry, within within OSR, within uh, trad games, what they're there is to give you a challenge. 
So they're there to be like, okay, so I've got X healing potions, the wizard's got X spells, I've bought X arrows. Yeah. How can we spend these things in such a way which means that we can end up with a profit at the end of this? And that's the challenge which you're going through. But I don't think a lot of people run games like that anymore. No, I think it's, to put this in a really tortured analogy here, mm -hmm. it's the difference between a monster being a hurdle and a bridge. Hmm. Like, Go on. So... In adversarial style games like D and D, which is technically rules as written adversarial. Yeah, yeah. You spend your points. You make the monsters. Yeah. You make the monsters. The monsters are there to technically kill the players. Mm -hmm. The players are slightly stronger on average, so they kill. Their job is to kill the monsters. Mm -hmm. And what those what they are in 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 D and D is a hurdle. They are a challenge to overcome. Mm. In Wushu, they're a bridge to the next section. Their narrative. Like yeah. they, sorry, they are—they are not narrative monsters. They are the narrative. There is so little chance of you losing to them. Yes, like losing is optional. Mm. And like in like any a lot of story games, if you think it would be cool, you can lose here. Yeah, but it's not necessarily a challenge in the same way it's like playing Gauntlet or playing Destiny. It's, yes. it's not set up in that way. It's not a not a skill based endeavor. No, it's not like um, say Hotline Miami. Yeah, or, where um, it's intentionally like you're meant to die mm. so that you can learn and do it again. Dark Souls, Dark Souls, yeah. Mm. The, bridge monsters mm. are there as segues between talky sections, and they're also a, a location of a story and of themselves. If trolls live under bridges, what lives under hurdles? Turtles. Oh, little turtles live under hurdles. <laughs> little, guys. little teeny turtles. Okay, and you can just hoon them. You you wouldn't want to. You can just. I will come down on you like a ton off. of bricks. Eat them into I the will bushes. destroy your family in real life if you hurt my in-game turtles. <laughs> just smash cut to you running over my parents' house with a JCB. <laughs> just throwing bricks through. Sorry, the Tim. Not like one brick, but like an hour's worth of thrown bricks. <laughs> like keeping them pinned in the house. Yeah, just by throwing them at the door occasionally. Yeah. Don't you come out here? Okay, I won't hurt the turtles, I'm sorry. No turtles. It's pronounced turtle. Turtle, because it rhymes with herbal. Mm -hmm. I I think my favourite game to... I suppose my favourite RPG to lose in... Fate. I've run a couple of games of Fate. And when the players win in Fate, it's generally because they, they've they played to their character yeah. rather than they've played to their skill, to their strength. That's fair. And so... When you're when you're doing the thing you're when you're doing the thing not necessarily that you're good at but that is most characterful which is most which is most uh, angled around the character angle isn't the right word stuck around the character then it makes for exciting role playing games sure and then when I'm losing fight okay that's cool I think I've had some frustration in I think every D and D GM it was reading thirteenth age I've had some frustration where you big up this enemy for the whole campaign. And then the wizard will just one shot it. Yeah, just get annihilated. Yeah, I think. because you haven't taken into a, into account one little part of their character sheet, or something, one little trick they've just learned because they leveled up. Yeah, I had a, I had a what was it? The wizard could once per day um, double the damage from a spell and instantly make it so the spell did did full full numerical damage. Wow! So just deleted yeah, my just, big just my big red dragon. The, the yeah. Opponent. yeah. So, oh, well. All right. And it's really hard to roll with that because 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 you've got this like, especially like towards the end of a campaign, everyone's like, "All oh, right, let's fucking do this!" Yeah, and they get themselves they get themselves revved up and they're really excited and they've gone through the whole campaign. And then when one of them just blap, 
I will regularly double hit points I, after that spell. Yeah, off. I do that too, but it feels a bit. Oh, it's it feels terrible. Yeah. But I think in that moment, knocking off half of their hit points in one massive blow is yeah. still cool. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but killing it instantly is not. I because it's like, okay, guys, we're in for, the, for a four-hour game today, and... Yeah. Right, well, everybody, let's get the bus. You know what? Instead of amping up hit points, I'm going to make a promise to you, and to you, Christopher, mm-hmm. and to you, Mary, because you're in the room, and to you, listener. Next time I feel the need to increase the hit points of an enemy, I'm going to give them a terrifying second form instead. Yes. And whether that's... <coughs> whether that's magic... And then coming back as an angel, or then going, no! Congratulations, you've blasted off all their skin. <laughs> now you can see the worms that were there. It was slowing me down, thanks! Now I'm quick! <laughs> this tastes like magic missiles. I love magic missiles! <laughs> I think I think my favourite game to lose in is Dogs in the Vineyard. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Because that moment when you back down from the escalation mm. of Dogs in the Vineyard... Regardless of who does it, I li- mm-hmm. because because the DM and the player are the same, Pretty essentially much, yeah. in that in that system. That moment when somebody goes, "This has gone too far." All right, lads, X card. But um, but not quite. So it's not an X card, but like, but your character is like, oh, "I'm good, I'm out." Bye. Yeah, like you yeah. put you put the gun away. Yeah, you've gone that far. Yeah, and you choose to put the gun away is an interesting point for me, and because the GM and the players are essentially identical, using the same system, using the same yeah. system. That's so much fun. Mm. That thing of, oh, do I do it now? Do I try and go for this? I don't know. I've got one more question for you. All right, ask it. Imposter syndrome slash performance anxiety in GMs. Yes. Good. How do you deal with it, Chris? Oh, I don't. Well, I mean, you still run games occasionally. Yes, it's awful and terrifying. (laughs) Every time I hate it. You're a good GM. I know. I'm fantastic. And yet. And yet the horror. Mm. Talk to me about the horror. <sighs> like, I'm not a prepper. I wish I was a prepper. Oh, yeah. Again, it would give you something to do, wouldn't something it? Something to fall back on, you know. But I just can't do it. Because if ever I prep, it comes out really crap. And I'm constantly fighting this thing of, oh, what if I did this? What if mm. this happened? Mm. Like, no! No, that you throw away your own prep. You're as yeah. bad as them. <laughs> um... Honestly, it's much like having to do speeches and presentations and things at university, mm. right? Like it's that thing of well, you, see, you you pretend you're sick and don't do it. Yeah, yeah, shit. That's how I do it. Yeah, that's exactly how I did it as well. <laughs> um, so lying about my university degree and that moment when you stand up in front of people, like, and it goes, I, a, I assume it goes away a little bit oh, when it's, you're actually happening. When it's actually happening, like when you're this far locked in. Mm. Um, but just the amount of effort and mental conditioning you go through mm. to try to get yourself like, come on, you can do this before every game mm. is so tiring. Have you ever, not like stopped a game early, but have you ever backed out of a game completely like half an hour in? Because I've done that a couple of times. It no, I don't think I have actually. I was it thinking. It doesn't feel good. I've stopped games after an hour. I like, I like to do two hour games. Mm-hmm because of various medical problems as well, and I get tired and whatnot. So mm. that's about my, my limit these days. And also, that's about how long a film is. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's it, sometimes I will stop games a little bit earlier mm-hmm. than that, but never like half an hour. I will 
grind my teeth to nubs and get through it if I need to. I ran, I, I ran Dead Channel, and by, when I say ran, I mean we joined the characters. We got to the first scene, and I was like, "Oh no, no, sorry, everyone." We're just, no. going, we're just going to talk to each other. How awful! But I've I've had I've had situations where you'll get to the place. It's like, actually I'm not I'm not there on this one, and I think that's fine. I think that like you know this is this is a socially agreed this is a contract which we, which we've agreed to um, uphold. And I think if your GM's doing that every week and you're traveling a long time and you really want to traveling a long way to get there and you really want to play the game, then you're within your rights to go. Well, actually, I don't want to keep coming out. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, but I think that there's this there's a an understanding of the GM as this sort of monolithic, all-powerful monster who never falters and who's oh, I have many D twenties up my sleeves. I just we're just trying to we're just we're, we're trying to herd you to some sort of and it's not the plot; it's a satisfying story. Yeah, it's a game. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's there's just, there's a lot of pressure on the GM as well to be a focal point. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's going, can I do this? Yeah. Like, well, yes, I've told you a thousand times. Yes, yeah. please yeah, just, just, do just, it. just do the thing. Um, and I, I kind of very slowly, and I probably should do it more adultly than actually talk to people, but I kind of try and teach my players to play games slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it when players suggest stuff to me. I like not that. not necessarily like world building stuff. Like, mm. oh, I think there might be a bar here that I know. Yeah. But like, can I roll this to try and get this sort of information? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because why not? Not only does it show you're engaged, mm-hmm. it shows you're listening, it right. shows that you like your character and want to use their abilities, um, and it sh- and it takes a little bit, just a teensy bit of the weight off of a GM every time. And that makes it easier and sort of level the playing field. Like you don't feel like you you're you're the manager as a DM. You feel like you're part of the crew. There was a uh, a chat that a comment on my blog ages ago. Uh, it was it was on one of my um, RPG uh, theory posts, one of my RPG advice posts. <clears throat> and he was he he was he was in the military, and basically they had to get their Get their get their um, unit ready for inspection, um, mm-hmm. and the days that they were the, the days that they were being inspected were not told to them, and it was not possible to operate as a unit and also be ready for inspection. Yeah, and the um, the, the the phrase they had was, "If you're not cheating, you're not trying." So they were expected to sneak into the office, find out what days the inspections were. And then prepare for the inspections. That's amazing. And so it's and so like like when when a player's like, can I try this? And it's like, well, yeah, okay, you engage with the system. And like we, we all just want a story to happen. Yeah. And you might as well try and push your luck rather than oh I do nothing. Yeah. The the thing I actually hate is when players just sit there. Yeah. And like you almost forget they're in the game. What is it? Um oh well what should I do? Well, what do you <laughs> Play your character. Don't make me do it. Should we move on to the second part of the show? We should. That means we need another jingle. I'm going to get some more beers. Yes, get more beers. Uh, Mary can do a jingle for the duration. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. 
Grant and Chris make games. Zazzy. Thank you, Mary. Will writes in. I bet he did. Hitman, but with meat cutes. You play the bald assassin, ensuring that couples drop their books at the same time and then their eyes meet over a shared copy of something. What's a meat cute? A meat cute is that bit in a romantic comedy where the two main characters meet in a funny and awkward way. Oh, those things that never fucking happen. Well, yes. But, like, let's say, for example, their dogs, uh, like, their, their leads get caught around each other. Well, I drop books in front of people maybe 30 times a day. You throw books at women 30 <laughs> times a day. Not one of them. Not one, Andrew. Not one of them is in a romantic comedy with Hugh Grant. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I, well... This this is why the dating scene is so difficult. I wonder, are you not just making it easier for Hugh Grant? Shit! As they both avoid that guy. Who's throwing <laughs> the books at them? <laughs> I mean, I'm at, like, the swimming pools. <laughs> a market. Garden centres. Funerals. Sweet shops. I'm wherever I need to be mm-hmm. to throw a book at a pretty lady. Their bathroom. <laughs> My bathroom. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. runs as Hitman. You get no additional equipment. Okay. So it's all guns, rat poison, <laughs> razor wire, explosives. A coin. A coin. All, all of the above is also happening. But you have to use them to try and engineer meat cutes. Okay. So, like, for example, you might... Um, so, you're playing a, uh, a Cupid-style hitman. So I would like it to be the hitman from the games, but dressed up in little white pants, wings, and holding a bow that fires bullets. You're on. I like it. Um, so, he's there. And let's say, for Crouch example... Crouch in the bushes. Always, yeah, in that weird sort of the way that people don't crouch, <laughs> sort of sort of way. Forty-seven, I love. You've got. Let's say, for example, you've got to make um, Stephen has to meet Paul, and they have to fall in love at first sight. But what's this? Paul's ex-boyfriend is there, and he's and he's going to get upset and leave. So you just just get a little bit of the old fiber wire. You choke him out in a dumpster. Yeah. And then throw a hammer at his best mate. That sort of thing. And like, and like, maybe maybe the meat cute you set up isn't strictly legal. <laughs> what? Oh, like, like, uh, like they, they, like they, uh, like a they, man and a dog. No, God, no, no. Like, uh, like they're both doing the same line of cocaine. <laughs> that sort of thing. That's an, an aristocrat's moment. Yeah, and then at which point the um, the trap. Yeah, I thought you meant the joke. And it's the cats, isn't it? That's what I said. Okay. Point is, the cops are coming to yep. try and break up the party. Yeah. You're shooting your, uh, you're shooting your, you, you've got your, your bullet bow gun. And you're just arrows. murdering policemen to keep them away. Yeah. I'm actually down with this. Because it's, because you're not like, you're judged on how cheaply you can do it, but it's not like a moral judgment. No. Like, you can murder as many cops or as people as, as you want. All you have to do is try and get them together as cheaply as possible. I think, I think that, the most important thing here is that it's co-op. Mm. Mainly because I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Hitman fan. However, I would play the absolute arse off of it if it was co-op. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be great? Setting up weird timing things to murder a man. 
I mean, make them fall in I love. Mean, make them fall in love. <laughs> well, the French call it the little death. That's true. So we could do that. Yes. We could also have, uh, like, you have to you have to rig hotel rooms for it to be as sexy as possible. But you are a sexless, basically. Completely androgynous. Yeah, basically neutral assassin. Yeah. Who doesn't really understand men or women or, or dogs. genitals or dogs. So, uh, so, so you're, you're trying to wrestle a dog into, into three bras to get it on the bed. <laughs> They're all sexy lingerie, so it's sexier because there's three of them. Mm. I like it. I think that's quite tasty. I think it's quite game. fun. I think like having having a stealth romance game. Yes, is a genre which we have, and like I mean, that's how I play Fog of Love. Like we. You, you do you play Fog of Love as an abusive gaslighter? I play Fog of Love to win. Yeah. So I think that. We could have it as quite, like, quite realistic and in inverted commas, like Hitman. Like, the, the places in Hitman look like the places they are. Yeah. Or we could have it, like, done by Nintendo. No. So you can have it as quite cute. No. Okay, no. it has to I be. Want, I want this to be, like, the grim streets of, like, Hong Kong. New Detroit. Yeah, like... like it's, it's Deus like, Ex! Yeah, it's like the setting of Yakuza Zero, you know? Mm. It's grimy streets and you have to beat somebody down with a bicycle. <laughs> Just like in real life. Yeah, okay. And it's it's upsetting. It, yeah, like, you have to do some really awful things. Mm. But then it goes super cute when they fall in love. That's nice. And there's, like, a big anime-style heart, and you see their faces together. And you, you see, like, the whole wedding play out. And you finally get to die. <laughs> Wait, what? What's your suggestion? My suggestion... I had this... Uh, goodbye, Cruel World. A game of bargains and suicide attempts. Go on. Now, I'm thinking that this is actually a LARP. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is to go down B&Q with mm-hmm. your mates. And you've each got 20 quid. Okay. And what you have to do is get the cashier to call the police on you. I see. You have to buy... Like, there's always been that... That thing of purchasing dodgy things in boots as a mm. joke. Yeah. Like, I once had a friend buy thir- th- th- three packets of disposable gloves, okay. some lube, mm-hmm. and um, a boots meal deal. Nice. And just stare the, the cashier in the eye. That's his set for the afternoon. Yeah. Um, they didn't want those things. They just thought it was a funny joke. But now you're buying three feet of rope and a short ladder, and like you're asking them, like, if I put this over a beam, will it snap a neck? It's buying a shotgun and a hacksaw. Well, yeah, admittedly in an English. Oh, okay, yeah. You're buying a zip gun and a hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> you're to make a zip gun. I, hmm, I worry that at that point that we're, we're, we're drawing in people who aren't who don't know they're playing the game. Very true. And I worry that's maybe it's a bit like uh, socially awkward rugby. Yes, but this is more fun. So what happens if they do call the police? Oh, you go to jail. Right. Well, not really. Or a psych unit, at least. Yeah, so, like, it's... I mean, the the consequences for playing the game right are also pretty bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hugely problematic, yes. I'd rather have... So it's 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 Goodbye Cruel World. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. The no, it's solid, it's solid. Sorry, that was by Michael Signal Station. I feel like I should quote the source there. What's the name of that mid- the daytime TV show where the leather man gets people to buy cheap old things? 
Oh, like uh, Under the Hammer. Well, uh, I was thinking Holmes Under the Hammer, but it's not. No, that. but like. Bargain Hunt. Bargain Hunt, yes. Leroy Custer, sex criminal. No, his name is David Dickinson. Oh, David Dickinson. And it was it. never proved. Okay. Just, it, it, I mean, he did. It happened. Look at him. It can't not have happened. Fun story. One of our listeners told me a, a fun little story about David Dickinson. Oh, yeah. They were, they, they were working in a hardware shop and they tried to sell him a toilet brush because he was buying a toilet, I think, at the mm-hmm. time. And he said, I don't ever need one of those. I just get him a bit of paper and scrub it off. Oh. So if you ever see David Dickinson, he's got shit on his hands. Yeah, he scrubs his toilet with his tongue. I'm no, just, no, no, I'm no, assuming, he used, he used paper. No, I'm yeah. assuming the worst of him because have you seen him? Yeah, he is. He's, dis- he's despicable. He's the, he's the human equivalent of a Singapore airport smoking room. Yes, I used to live fairly near his auction house. Okay. Um, and it was on an industrial estate. Mm-hmm. And he was banned from the only other place on the industrial estate, which was a cake shop. Did he have like, I'm trying to think what he auctioned, like a lot of like used deer, that sort of thing. Yeah, like soiled deer. <laughs> he, he signed where he soiled them. Wigs by weight. <laughs> Scabs by the yard. Ugh. I want to play something around those games, but there is, there, is an, there is an essential desperation to those. Like, they are playing for fucking peanuts. Yeah, They'll so- be better off going to work. Yeah, so they'll be like, we bought this for £40. I really hope we make a profit. And they'll lose a tenner. Oh, yeah. Like, over the whole week of the game show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll be devastated. And, like, I'm not a rich man. No. But I'm going to let that tenner go. Yeah. You know? You got, you got to touch David Dickinson. <laughs> I got, yeah. That, that was my choice. It's a bit like, it's, it's like that, that wood stain's never coming off your hands. <laughs> no, Nitromores does nothing. So you play David Dickinson. No. No. You play Guardian Angels. You play the police. You play play Guardian Angels, who are here to protect those poor unfortunate souls playing Bargain Hunt. Because they are, like, one bad auction call away from ending it all. Yeah. And what you have to do is battle Satan, who is in this case David Dickinson. Yes. And, he's, and in all cases. And in all cases. <laughs> <coughs> got more or fewer horns. Yeah. And he's trying to arrange things so things just go badly enough. And you can see him sort of cackling, oh, bad luck. And you can see him just masturbating furiously with his pinstripe. <laughs> and you have to try and rig it so they sell things for enough so they don't kill themselves after the show. That would probably be on the news, wouldn't that it? That would be on the news. Like that Love Island guy. How about this? You play the showrunners for David Dickinson. Okay. So essentially, he's bought you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have no choice. Mm-hmm. Like, he owns your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you have to do is to break into people's houses who have been selected for the show and steal their antiques mm-hmm. and then distribute them about a market, boot <laughs> sale or flea market. They have to get them back. And they have to buy it back. You play David Dickelson. <laughs> Dickle Davidson. You play Dickle Dickle Davidson. You play Dickle David... R- Dickle Rich Muscle. You play David Dickelson. What the fuck is his David name? David son. Immortal Highlander cured in 1750. It does exactly what it says in the tin. Yes. Preserves David Dickinson forever. <laughs> wow, that's written really small. Yeah. So your power-ups are Ron Seal. Yep. Um... Lacquer, cling film, shellac, cigarette, shellac, cigarettes, 
Um, Those big old old timey pound notes. Because mm-hmm. I assume that's the only currency he understands. Um, where you know how in Assassin's Creed you get into those window, bo- those like roof boxes with the curtains to hide from people. Yeah, it's like that, but it's those sheds you smoke kippers in. <laughs> and, and he goes and hangs himself up like a kipper, and he just oh lovely, and he like me down. And you can see, no, okay, and you can see like his his health and Dickinson points going up. Dickinson points are activated to use his special powers, which are appraise antiques, leer. And teleport. <laughs> Commit crime. Short range teleport or blink. <laughs> and you play David Dickinson. And what you have to do is assess people for their goods. So it's the opposite of your previous game. Okay. What so you're doing is you're breaking into people's houses and leaving moderately priced antiques. <laughs> and if you get found out, killing them. <laughs> and then hanging yourself before the trial. David Dickerson can't die. <laughs> no, but he can do a really good impression of it for a dangling from a rope. <laughs> and he can, you know, he can he can easily be buried. He can just lie there through the funeral. He hasn't breathed since 1985. Costs too many pounds. I breathed it in 1985, and that was enough for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> what the fuck does he sound like? Almost exactly that. Actually, I don't like, think it's, that no, is it's it. not far off. David Dickerson. Anyway. Um, I don't think that he deserves a game. I don't think that we should have anything to do with that man. Wait, I've got it. Have you? The first idea combined with the second idea. <laughs> you play David Dickinson furiously trying to get people to fuck in front of you. <laughs> By shooting their friends. <laughs> until they fuck. By murdering the policemen until they have sex. They can't see the murders happen. Oh, okay. I want to stress this. Because like, they'll get freaked out, unless they're turned on by that. But it's unlikely that That's you get... That's really specific. Yeah, it's unlikely you get both people yeah. who were into that. So I think that you ha- like, you'd have to you have to hide it. But, um, but like, so, like, Hitman has to, like, hide bodies in in, uh, in dumpsters or throw them into lakes, whatever. Yeah. David Dickinson can just sort of desiccate them. He just, he just dissolves them in paint thinner and adds them to his own form. Just drinks the lucky paint thinner. Yeah. <laughs> His feet go a bit drippy for a bit, and he's fine. For the love of God, can I have a different suggestion? Fine. Magical girl! Writes in Mirroring. You have to create the best magical girl transformation possible with the objects available. Now, English listeners, you may be familiar with an old TV programme on, I believe, CBBC, but I can be corrected here. Called It's a Bitzer. That was on CBBC. So there was a moment in It's a Bitzer. It's a Bitzer was an art style program. It was ma- it mainly chronicled the ongoing sexual tension between the two main characters who lived in a sort of hippie van. They they lived in a sort of trash van. Yes, it was um, full of like sticky back plastic. They looked like someone else's mum and dad, and they were always inches away from fucking. Just it was it was raw. Yeah, but there was a bit. A glorious bit that every child lived for, where a hose would come from the ceiling and just pour, <laughs> just upend a trash bag. There would be, you know, toilet roll tubes, fairy liquid bottles, all of that. A hose, pipe cleaners, broken glass, broken glass, the nails of Christ, that Dog sort parts. of stuff. And they had Rats. exactly a minute to build something on they a had, theme. They had three minutes. At exactly three minutes, like I said previously, mm-hmm. to build something on a theme. Mm-hmm. Now, I want that. How does that relate to my original game? What was the original game, Grant? I've forgotten. Well, you should tell me again then. 
concept magical girl. So you have to build your own magical girl out of what you've got. Transformation. Mm. So you have to transform out of the trash that's dumped on you <laughs> into a magical girl. I feel we should just go back to It's a Bit So For A Moment because there was one episode entirely themed around the even older television show, The Prisoner, mm-hmm. where they were chased by a big ball. Weird, weird pull for a seven-year-old in the early 90s. They would not have seen this show. No, no. No, it shouldn't, they shouldn't have been allowed to watch But they went to, the, I think it was Welsh Town, and they did lots of prisoner jokes, mm. lots of winks to camera prisoner jokes. Yeah. Or, or our mums and dads. Yeah, something for the dads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. you just got a load of trash, and you've got to pretend to be a magical girl. Well, I think that this could be an excellent hack for Hey Kids, Let's All Meet the Gen Wizard. Okay. Which was, I believe, our first collaboration after Zombie Lop. Yes. Because I was asking for ideas for games, and you basically yelled at me through the internet, hey kids, let's all meet the gin wizard. Yes. And it became a weirdly popular game of mine, where you find things around the house, um, and you have you have a limited number of steps you can take, and you must dress up as the titular gin wizard, mm-hmm. and the person who has the best gin wizard costume gets to have the gin. Yes. However... I think that this is lacking the it's lacking the dramatic transformation step. And the best part of any magical girl thing is when you spin around and you're like, power of moonlight! Plang! Yes, this is true. Whereas the gin wizard, it slowly happens over the course of seven minutes. There's no one's really into it. They just really want that fucking gin. That's the thing, I've never even played it for gin. Everyone just plays it for fun rather than to be in charge of the gin. What? I know, it's ridiculous. So, I think what I should like to have is you have at a a random, like you sign up to play Magical Girl Transformation. Sure. And then at a random time, we'll say like, we'll put it out out of work hours, you will, like, an alert will go off. Maybe you have like a WhatsApp text group and it will say Magical Girl Transformation in three minutes, go. Mm -hmm. And then you have three minutes to, with the stuff that's around you, fashion a magical girl outfit. And then you take a picture of yourself, you take a video of yourself, spin, get someone to stop the camera, dress up as the magical girl, and then start the video again. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Partly because I want one person to be like on the underground mm-hmm. and another person to be in Harrods mm-hmm. and just essentially shoplift. Because. It's possible to create a bunch of, like, to carry around a bunch of magical girl costumes. Yeah. Fuck that. That's cheating. And I like those awesome it. dresses that, where you unhook the shoulders and the shoulder falls down over the skirt and it changes the colour. God, stuff. they're so cool. They're so good. Oh. I want that with a suit. That would be amazing, actually. But you have to, like, it's about, it's the, it's, it's Bear Grylls, improvise, adapt, overcome. Drink your own piss. Drink your own piss, turn into Sailor Moon. <laughs> the, one, but, well, the first picture is just a picture of you looking quite suave. The next picture of you drinking your own piss. The next picture of you lying on the floor covered in your own piss. That's it. <laughs> is he dressed in a Sailor Moon? You've just got a child's tutu on. That's it. Just dabbing your mouth with a tutu. <laughs> I... I like the I like the improvised element of this. Yep. I like the fact that it will be played on Twitter or like online visibly in some way. Visibly and publicly. Yeah, yeah, visibly and publicly. And I think that if you do carry around a load of magical girl shit, I don't care. You're, you, you're not you're not getting my vote. No. But if you're on the tube, you're not magical girl material. If you're on the tube and you've got say three minutes to 
borrow hats and shit. Beg, borrow, and steal. Be like, hey, so can I borrow your umbrella really quick? And you can have it back at the ne- before the next stop. But And like, see how many stab wounds you sustain. Yeah. Because, you know, it depends what part of the tube you're on. But I think that could be tremendous fun. And I'm going to put that forward as the game we should make this week. I think it is, honestly. Although the Hitman game is very funny. And the Hitman better. game is hilarious and sexy. Mm. But it is a video game again. That's true. We've got to stop making those. We've got the money. Yeah. We can't, we can't develop I've them. got a quid on me. That is more than you need to play Magical Girl. What can we call it? Magical Girl Go? Yes. Mm, get some of that sweet Pokemon money. Yes. We run it in an app. There can be an app. This sounds like the sort of thing which is already very popular in Japan or China. Yeah. Like, and oh yeah, they've been doing that for years, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, well, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. would be great though. You just, like, you send out an alert. Like, 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 alert, there's a ballistic missile coming in, but alert, become yeah. magical girl post pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's not even, it's not even alert, become, <coughs> it's not even alert, become magical girl post pictures. You have the app, or, no, you don't have to have an app, you can have, you can have just a text chain or whatever, but it's like, bring, 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 aliens are invading, prepare, and you've got, and you get like, and you get like a timer, it'll tick down, it'll sort of text you every 30 seconds until it's done, and then at the end, you have to, so, so like so like you have to have to take a picture initially and then as your magical girl. Yeah. I think I'd allow you one Snapchat filter. That's fair. But also then like if it's in an app, then there could be a voting thing. Mm-hmm. Like and the amount of votes you give is equal to experience points. And then oh then you get you have magical girl rankings. Yeah, magical girl rankings, so you'll be the best magical girl. Oh. But also, once you've gotten to like ten thousand XP, whatever, yeah. just an arbitrary number, you now start getting specific alerts. Rather than just become magical girl, oh, like a power user. Okay. Now it's like okay, there is there, there is an alien attacking. You've got an alien species attacking. You've got to kill them in outer space. Mm-hmm. So you need a space cannon as part of your outfit. Yeah. Or you need a way to breathe in space. Yeah, and it, and it will put like at the bottom of your of, of your picture like uh, must include space cannon. Mm-hmm. Like it'll tell everybody what you had to include, so they can vote you down if they if it doesn't have that. We can make a fucking million if we can get an app writer. I worry, I worry about how quickly it would simply be um, dicks. I worry it would be quickly right? enough. That's true. And I guess we could lead into that. Yeah. So the game for this week is Magical Dick Girls. <laughs> is it Magical Girls Dicks? No, it's not. It's just it's just normal magical girls. Magical girls can have dicks if they want, but that's not what this is about. Please no. don't get your genitals out. You are if you, pos. If pos, please. Unless they are completely painted. You even then. You have you have three minutes. You have you have a variable amount of time to put together a magical girl Depends costume. How close the enemy what you've got. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um We're gonna be millionaires. We're gonna have yachts on our yachts. We're going to sink yachts by throwing yachts at them. Oh, I'm so excited. It's like coits. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, I think it's time for that musical spectacular we had at the start of the show. Ending spectacular. That was quite a joke. Da, 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 da. Oh, hang on. It's going to be new. You promised. Do, 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 do. That's, that's older. Do, 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 do. It's innovative. It's retro.